Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. I want to thank each of you for worshiping with us. We know you could have clicked on any other website and worshiped with any lovely church, but God directed you here, and I'm excited about it. We continue today our help series. We're going to talk about how do we live lives that honor God, exalt God, that love God. We must pursue God. Help. We all need help. My friends, as we continue upon what Jessica has spoken to us about, about being weary, help, I'm weary, is what I'm going to speak to about, uh, speak about today. You see, the blessing of society is that there are so many different people in our society. We have so many different ethnic groups, and every ethnic group has different values, different norms, and different beliefs, depending upon the culture that they may be a part of. And sometimes... Due to us living in this great melting pot, we can sometimes become weary. Well, we question our individual as well as our corporate beliefs. And in this questioning, we arrive to a place of vulnerability. And if we're not surrounded around wise counsel, it is so easy for us to be led astray. Today, We're going to look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10, and we're going to notice that Paul is writing to some confused and weary Christians at this moment. He's writing to the Gentile Christians. They happen to be everybody who is not Jewish. He's writing to them in the book of Galatians, and they are confused, but they're also vulnerable. They're questioning if they should believe in this message that the Judaizers are spreading rapidly at this time. You see, the Judaizers are spreading a message that they're telling people it's the gospel, but it really is not. They're telling people, hey, it's okay. We want you to believe in Jesus, but you also need to be circumcised and kind of keep the law. Because if you keep the law and Jesus, that's how you actually and truthfully become saved. See, this is horribly problematic. The reason this is horribly problematic is because it places the power on us and takes the power away from Christ. Mm -hmm. See, bluntly, this is what it says. I'm going to step on your toes a bit, but bluntly it says this. We don't need Jesus. We have the power to work our way into heaven, to work our way into a relationship with Christ. And this is not true. Friends, we are to believe in the sacrifice of Jesus who bore our sins like a big bubble coat and went to the cross and died for each and every one of us and was raised on the third day. And because he was raised, when we believe in him, we walk in the newness of our lives. See, this idea of working our way into righteousness is swept through the Galatian church. And truth be told, if you look with new eyes, you'll see it even present in our society today. And so, my brothers and sisters, the context of the Galatian church is similar to our contemporary context, where many of us believe in crystals, sage, 
and centering on many different things other than Christ. And when we do this, we literally communicate to God that, God, you're not enough. God, your power is not enough. God, your providence is not enough. The way you care for us is not enough. And so I need to mix this thing up like ingredients in a cake to actually get the saving power that I actually need. Friends, I'm sorry. That's wrong. See, we work tirelessly in our society today in an effort to force ourselves into better and believing that God has a plan for all of our lives. We forget that. Just maybe, friends, we need to learn to consult God instead of everything else. Friends, we have come to believe in our work, our strategies, our intellect, and even our methods. Instead of trusting that the maker of heaven and earth is sovereignly supervising it all. Friends, the people in this text today, they were confused by the Judaizers. But we, in fact, are confused by self-help books. The people in the text today were confused by Judaizers, but we, in fact, are confused by messages such as, follow your heart, and the answer is inside of you. They were confused by Judaizers, and we are confused by the prosperity gospel and seven ways to be rich tomorrow. We become weary and confused when we shift our eyes away from Jesus and place them totally on us. But my brother Paul... Paul communicates the remedy to this situation in Galatians chapter 6, beginning at verse 7 through 8. Will you follow along with me? In verse 7, it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. If we're going to live lives where we honor God, exalt God, love God, we must pursue God, guess what? We must understand this very truth about weariness. Weariness is a deceiver. See, weariness can be defined as being spiritually exhausted or fatigued. See, weariness literally means that your soul is tired. It means that you're having a hard time learning and keeping your faith. Weariness happens when we're looking out over the world and noticing the problems of the world and we can't reconcile as to why God would make good people suffer. This is how weariness, we arrive at the state of weariness. And check this out, it is easy to become spiritually exhausted. Even the greatest Christian in the world can become weary. But catch this, weariness is a deceiver. See, weariness causes us to act in ways that we would not normally act. See, when we lack clarity in experiencing what we desire to experience, it's so easy to become weary. And in our text today, right here in verses 7 through 8, Paul has clarified the love of Jesus through the sacrifice of Jesus. He reminds this Galatian church that we are all children of God. Paul, he reminds these weary believers of the freedom that they have and that is available to them when they believe in Christ and Christ only. And he literally tells them, guess what? You don't have to be circumcised for to experience the power of Christ. He says, you don't need a ritual 
You need a relationship. And Paul reminds these believers who are weary that they need to live by the spirit and not by the flesh. He says the spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. But the flesh, it produces selfish desires, which ultimately lead to our destruction. And Paul is saying to this church, as well as all of us corporately today, God's not mocked. You can't fool God. We are called to do good. We're called to be the hands and the feet of Christ, even in the midst of chaos. And he says this, what you reap, you'll sow. Hmm. See, sowing by the fruit of the spirit leads to eternal life, heaven with God. But sowing and being led by the flesh, ultimately, again, it leads to our destruction. So here's a question to ponder, even in the midst of a pandemic. What type of fruit are you bearing in this moment? In your weariness, are you bearing the rotten fruits of bad attitudes, division, drama? Are you bearing hatred or selfishness, pride or jealousy? Because Paul tells us God is not mocked. You can't fool God and, and say you believe one thing and be hateful in another way. God is quite attentive to all of us, even in this time. And yes, there is so much going on that we do not understand. There even, there's so much that we really don't even agree with, but we are to not be deceived by our weariness. We should not be deceived believing that God doesn't care about us. We should not be deceived to believe that God has thrown us away in the trash can. No, God travels through even rough terrain for us. Why? Because God loves us. Weariness is a deceiver. Paul says this, yes, in Galatians 6, but if you hit the rewind button and go back to Galatians 5, verse 13 says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. See, the rough terrain of life does not mean that God has forsaken us. The rough terrain of life does not mean that, okay, that's a license for us to forsake our morals and act any way we want to act. No, but we must continue serving, continue helping, continue loving others. So that means when the world is weary <laughs> over things and want them to go back to normal, we should call our elders and encourage them. And in the same time, we should encourage ourselves. We continue to sow love even when we feel weary because God loves us. Therefore, we should love each other. Don't be deceived by your weariness and buy into the agenda of hating others. So understand today, weariness is a deceiver. But in verse 9, we find out this truth, that weariness always sneaks in while we're waiting. Weariness always sneaks in while we're waiting. Check out what happens in verse nine. Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
Friends, it is so challenging to continue sowing goodness when you do not know the arrival date of your return blessing. See, yet Paul is telling us, don't get so caught up in the arrival date of your return blessing. Get caught up in being the hands and feet of Christ and just simply do good. See, the return is nice, but the mission of God is absolutely necessary. I want you to look at verse 9 again to understand that I promise I'm not lying. In verse 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Look at Paul's language. Paul's language here, he talks about not giving up. Paul would never use language such as not giving up if that did not mean that trouble, turmoil, or waiting would be present or soon to come. But the mention that I love of his language when he says, but at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. That proper time is in Greek, the word kairos. That means God's appointed time. But yet we run on chronological time. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, that type of time. And we get in so much trouble and there's this grand tension in our spiritual relationship when God's kairos does not match our chronos. When God's timing does not align with our timing, we have a problem with God. When God's timing does not align with our timing, we literally almost believe that God's not for us. When God's kairos does not match our chronos, it is so, so easy for us to become weary. But friends, I want to encourage you right now. That yes, you're waiting on the pandemic to end. Yes, you may be waiting on better race relations. Yes, you may be waiting to see what your job is going to do and you may be in limbo. And I want you to know that yes, in your waiting, there will be the enemy of weariness that will come and look you directly in your eye. But I want you to be encouraged and know that God is still right there with you. God is right there even in the waiting room with you. Even though weariness may be present, weariness does not scare God. And Paul is telling the Galatians church, he's telling them, I want you that to know that even though the Judaizers are spreading their agenda and they're telling you this is the gospel, it's not the gospel. But what you need to do is keep serving, keep helping And even when people begin to come back to the faith, don't say, where have you been? But in turn, you want to tell them, hey, man, we welcome you back. Come on in. See, friends, please understand that weariness will always sneak in while we're waiting. But when we're waiting and you know you're becoming weary, it's time to pray. And many of us have a very hard time communicating our weakness to God. But I want you to think about your weakness just like this. If you've ever been to a sporting event, a church service, or a concert, I know, before the pandemic, (laughs) you understand that the only reason you're able to hear is because of the process of amplification. What amplification does is it takes a very weak signal and literally makes it powerful so that thousands of all people will be able to hear what's happening on the stage. What amplification does to a weak signal, God does for the weakness in our lives. 
God takes our weak points. When we tell him, God, I'm having a problem. God, I'm weary at the moment. And God encourages us and deposits into us strength that we didn't have, joy that we didn't have, love that we didn't deserve. This is what God does even through Jesus. And if you don't believe me, I have scripture to back it up. It's in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, that Jesus steps on the scene and says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. But yet it's our good brother Paul in his other book, in the second Corinthians, uh, in the second, in the book of second Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine, Paul says, but Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect. Watch this in weakness. Are you willing to be weak for God? Are you willing to stop wearing that mask, acting like the pandemic is not affecting you? Are you willing to say, God, weariness is present. I'm believing it. And God, I need some help for you to obliterate it. Because what you need to understand is that weariness did not only sneak into these believers' lives, but it will and has the capacity to sneak into all of our lives. But here's what God does. He takes our weakness and he amplifies it by giving us strength. Go to God about your weakness. Go to God about your weariness. Because if you believe in weariness, then you also will be deceived. If you believe in weariness, you must understand it always sneaks in when you're vulnerable. But look at verse 10. And Paul, he gives us a remedy and lets us know God's goal. Verse 10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Here's the grand truth that we've been leading up to. Willingness instead of weariness is God's goal for us all. See, Paul shares with all of us that God wants our yes instead of our no. God wants us to open ourselves up to him and tell him exactly how we feel. Tell him exactly what we need. Tell him exactly what's going on, even though he already knows. God wants all believers to remain committed to God, even in our moments of fatigue, frustration, and confusion. Paul clarifies here for these believers who are confused that it does not take a religious ritual to save you, but it involves your willingness to remain faithful to God. Will you remain faithful under fire? Will you remain faithful when you experience pain? Will you remain faithful even when it hurts? Paul is challenging us to answer these type of questions because even now, weariness is on the front door of all of our lives. But may we be encouraged by what verse 10 tells us, that therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We are encouraged to do good. 
But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Paul encourages us yet again to hold on to our faith when he says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Don't let your faith go. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor for the Lord is not in vain. And so if you're weary at this moment, listen to Paul's words, but definitely listen to Hebrews 12, verse 3, that tells us, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Focus on Jesus, even in this moment, because as bad as things are, they could be worse. Jesus was tempted by the devil, but he didn't give in to his weariness. Jesus became weary and had some time for reflection and rest, but did not give in to his weariness. The Galatian church at the moment is experiencing a great amount of weariness, but Paul's encouraging them, hold on to your faith. Friends, I'm telling you right now that even if you have become weary, it's okay. You just need to know who to return to, and that's Jesus. Friends, I remember as a child that me and my mom, my dad, we would go to church, and after church, my mom has always been the woman that everybody talks to in the church. And so that meant that I would stand outside of the church and wait long periods for her so that we could go home. Well, there was a mother of the church, Mother Rabin, who happened to be around 70 to 75 years old. She lived literally across the street from my home church. And she invited me over one Sunday. And she said, hey, let's just sit out on the front porch and we'll wait for your mom to come. I said, okay, Mother Rabin. Well, while I was there, Mother Rabin would give me some lemon squares. And as I would eat as much as my little stomach could handle at that time, she would start singing Try Jesus, he's all right. (laughs) Try Jesus, he's all right. Well, the first time she did that, I said, honey, you go ahead and sing. I'm going to keep eating. (laughs) Well, this happened Sunday after Sunday. She'd have a nice delicious delicious treat, and then she starts singing, praise him. (laughs) She starts singing, holy, holy, holy. She starts singing, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. (laughs) And over time, the lemon squares were good, but I start singing with Mother Rabin because I could not let her sing alone. Well, life happened. I grew up and Mother Rabin transitioned and went on home to be with God. And life happened again when dad died and life got real turbulent for me. But when it got real turbulent, I remember the songs that Mother Rabin taught me. When it got real turbulent, I remember how she returned to her faith even after having a bad week. And so, yes, I miss Mother Rabin's red velvet cake and lemon squares. But the thing that Mother Rabin taught me the most was how to return to your faith. She taught me how to return to your faith when all H-E-double hockey stick breaks loose. She taught me how to always have a song on my heart 
that even when pain becomes present, I can say, try Jesus. He's all right because I've tried him and I know he's all right. Friends, in this moment, you need to learn that weariness will come to each of our homes. Weariness will touch each of our hearts, but it's not about avoiding weariness. It's about knowing who to return to. And when you know who to return to, you can step out and say, I'll praise God even when I don't feel like it. I can worship God even when all H-E double hockey stick turns loose. I can hold on to my faith even though the pandemic should have ended months ago. I can do all things through Christ. Why? Because be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap if you don't give up. Friends, I want you to not give up. I watch the news just like you. And I know it's challenging, but I know right now we need to encourage each other more. We need to tell each other it's okay. We need to give grace to each other instead of being ugly to each other. And here it is. We also need to wear our mask in public so we can be kind to each other. Friends, Paul is telling us, hold on. He's telling us that, yes, when weariness comes, go back to God. Tell God about your weakness so he can amplify and give you strength. Friends, our together takeaway is this. Weariness deceives us, but our willingness to remain faithful to God propels us to where God wants us to be. You may be experiencing some weariness. And you may have said, man, I've tried every single thing. I, I've, I've tried my crystals. I've burned sage. I've done everything I can do. Well, I'm going to tell you like Mother Raven told me. Will you try Jesus? Because if you would try Jesus, you'd find that he's better than all right. And if you're there right now and you need to know Jesus, I want you to email me at jscott at spdl.org. Email me, and we're going to have a good talk about salvation. But if it's any of you watching right now and you stand in the need of prayer, guess what? Let's pray together. You email me, and we can have a prayer party. Friends, weariness happens, but Jesus died for us. Will you remain faithful? That's my hope for us all. And so, friends, we prepare to leave, and you prepare to come get off of this great website. But I want you to know that if God is moving in your heart and you feel the need to sow into this ministry, we will be happy. And you can just go to spdl.org, and there's a giving option in the menu, and you move as God leads you. Do not be deceived by weariness because God is with us even in the midst of it all. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.